Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag Appears. Oh, brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paladin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Can you hear with Adventures of Outdoor Woman podcast? Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. What's up, everybody? And for the last time in 2022, welcome to the Real Down. I am sad and excited to say that all at the same time. We hate to not be recording the rest of the year, but at the same time, we don't because it'd be a nice break. Always uh, take Christmas break. You know? Yeah, it's like we're kids again. But uh, what's up, Dan? How you doing? Good, man. Just got some. Uh, some stuff in from Tackle Warehouse I'm sitting here playing with. So what you got? Right, I'll, I'll put it. Um, just some like owner neds, owner wacky jig heads, top shelf swim baits. That's it. Nothing crazy. Cool. Nice man. Yeah. I ain't bought any tackle in a minute. I'm starting to fill back up. I, yesterday I sold my old trailer, so I finally able to get the new trailer in the garage. Things are good. So got got that money for tournament entry next year. I'm ready to go. There you go. And, I haven't even like your tournament next weekend. If you haven't signed up, two please weeks. Sign, yes, yeah, 
There's only three of us right now. I know there's. I know. There's I, I've probably had it. 50 people message me, so yeah. they're just like probably. If if I was to say we'd have 40 people, probably almost all of them are Bass Nation members from other states that missed qualification. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of folks from Tennessee and Mississippi message me. So it's your uh, last chance qualify next weekend on Pickwick. That's right. Uh, the seventeenth, uh, be a real quick, straightforward event. Get you your chance to fish on Chick for the championship, and then we'll see uh, what happens from there. But yeah, uh, yeah. Should, should be good. Like, still, you know, we're, I think we're supposed to get some rain this week. Oh yeah, Wait, like three cold. inches of rain this week. Yeah. Um, we're in a weird warming trend that's supposed to last another, I think, ten days, and then the cold weather will come in or cooler weather and then a huge cold front. So it'll be kind of crazy to see, but maybe there'll actually be some water in Pickwick for everybody to fish. Yeah. Cause I drove over Wheeler, uh, thing last week and there's like, I've seen a Wheeler without water, but there were places that I've not seen the bottom of before that were like two foot off out of the water. So it's a uh, nice and drawn down right now. Yeah. This should be fun. Maybe I'll get my, got a new, New boat setup sitting out there. I still haven't got wet. I forgot. I found all my rods outside my rod box. I definitely thought I'd brought all my rods in. So now I got to go through, change all my line. My my stuff's just been scattered everywhere. I ain't even been looking at it, man. Yeah. Well, uh, we got another cool show tonight. This one's, a, I would say, a little bit different. It's kind of a lot different from anything I think we've covered. I don't think we've ever covered this event. And I know very, very little about it. Yeah. Uh, not only this year, just the event in general. Um, so, uh, Dan, what, I don't even know what the actual name of it is. Do you know? Heck, I, man, I, I, know I couldn't been... find like for real any info other than the little bit you sent me that I forgot to email myself. That gummit. It's a USA kayak fishing team. They went down to Mexico. So, <clears throat> a couple of weeks, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, Mike Elsie, who also fished this, and a few other people went to Europe. I think Spain. And uh, Mike Earls and some other people. Is that Earls? Some Earls. Um, the guy that does crazy stuff up on uh, the Great Lakes. Um, they went over to Europe, and this week it was down in Mexico, so at the Pan American part. So, yeah, here we go. So we have, uh, we'll go ahead and bring them in. We have Jamie Broad and Cody Milton, both, both, yeah, both fished the event. How y'all doing? Yeah, doing well. So, so what's it actually called? The Pan Pan American Games? Yeah, the Pan Am Games. Pan yeah. Am Games. There you go. The one that Chuck and Mike and EJ fished, that was like the World Championships. Yeah, that was a little different. Yeah. Um, I think it was in What? Where, where at? It was in Portugal. Portugal. There you go. Portugal, Great. Spain. Same place, right? Yeah, probably. It's over there somewhere. Uh, Portugal is a good one. That's about all I know. Same general area. So. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, I guess go ahead and just kind of tell us more about the event. Like, how how do you did somebody just give you a call? Hey, you want to come fish the Pan Am Games? How, how does all that work? How long has it been going on? Also, yeah. So we had our first one in 2018. Um, it was on Center Hill in Tennessee. There was one scheduled for 2020, which I believe, which was, you know, that COVID year. And then it got pushed back that year. It got pushed back 2021 
in for COVID. It got pushed back again because of border security. So it got pushed back like four times to the point where people had kind of forgot about it and didn't realize anything that was still going on with it. Um, but no, it's essentially the same. It's like the U.S. bass. It's kind of the same thing you see like Scott Martin and David Dudley and those guys doing. It's just it's a it's kind of like their it's their first step of trying to get kayak fishing into the Olympics is essentially what it's for. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's eventually what we're working for. Um, the way it's working, I mean, with the the USA Anglers Federation. And the way it's looking, it will be a Olympic event eventually. We're just trying to figure out how close it's going to be. I mean, a few years out, obviously, but it's it's getting there. And we haven't said it, but uh, congrats, congrats to getting angler of the year, double angler. Oh, we lost Cody. Yeah, Cody did very well this year. I was very proud of Cody's. My wife and all my kids, we've all, I mean, Cody's been coming to my house for years. So to see him win both this year was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats, Cody. I mean, yeah. Cody's always been consistent in this year. It just really all worked out for him to, to double up. That's pretty insane. <laughs> so tell us uh, tell us how for the folks listening because i'm sure kind of like cody said with everything getting pushed back so many times probably nobody listened to this even knew this was going on until they started seeing everybody's pictures so how did y'all get involved how did they, they pick the team all that stuff is there qualifying events going up to it or so in 2000 and the so with 2018 that was like a selected team and then 2019 they had planned to have a US Open where they were going to qualify it's a it's a nine person team right is that right Jay it's a nine person team yeah it's nine person team how many you can have for each country um, so they were going to qualify like six people I believe at a US Open and mm-hmm. that like they ended up having to cancel that again at center hills like they pretty they just like selected the team again kind of like they did their the first year just to i don't know kind of try to get some traction for the event and you know hopefully turn it into something like the u.s open that they have in you know arizona and lake mead and those lakes um and yeah i mean it's kind of different too because it is part of the pan am stuff cool is there any uh, talks of doing a like a big open qualifying thing from like moving forward since the, as at the moment, the world's kind of moving normally. Yeah. No, I mean, that was originally the plan. So I would, I would expect them to see you know, something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. There's going to be something in the works um, for the next one. We've got Tennessee. What is it, Cody? Coming up in June for worlds. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. I need and to then, make it to Alabama, but you know Tennessee's close. I guess I'll give it to him. Oh, I want to come to Texas. Bring that it too. to Texas. Let's centralize it a little bit. There you go. <laughs> he pretty <Yeah>. much lives. <laughs> I don't want to fish up a river. <laughs> My man. Yes. So, well, uh, well, tell us a. Uh, Tell us about, I mean, I know this was more than just a fishing tournament. I mean, this is one hell of a trip to go fishing. So, uh, just, I guess just kind of story time. And y'all just 
tell us about the journey and the trip and the fishing and all the, all the fun stuff. I feel like the fishing is probably the most boring part of this story. Oh, you have yeah. no idea where this story <laughs> is about to go. Yeah, where where was it? Now, like, what, I know it's in Mexico, but where in Mexico? We were an hour and a half uh, southeast of Monterey. Yeah. Like so we- a lot, a lot of us got the call last minute. Uh, I got the call to be the captain of the team like three weeks prior. So I mean, none of us really un figured that this was going to happen because it had been postponed six times. So we all started getting phone calls of this. We were going to make it happen. So everybody started to get, okay, Cody got called. I got called. Every uh, Scotch, or no, Scotch was a, actually the last person. But Guillermo, Christine, uh, Eric, a few people, and uh, we started trying to get it put together. But last minute, I mean, once we really thought everything was coming together, Cody comes to my house. We rolled together down to Mexico. He put all this stuff in my truck. Uh, all the guys from the East Coast, uh, Mike Elsie, he was also a last-minute angler. He got called on Friday, and uh, we were trying to figure out how to make it work. And driving into Mexico, you have to have special permits, special insurance, uh it was pretty hectic. So we were scrambling last minute. But then once we thought everything had worked out, Cody, then what happened? Uh, you know, somehow, you know, rest. For whatever reason, I never really walk anywhere. I usually run, whether I'm getting at the gas station to go to McDonald's, I usually run the gas station. I usually run there. So I got out of the car, it's a small car. There's a small truck. I had a small space in Jamie's truck and, I wasn't familiar with it. I got out of the car for the second time and somehow lost my wallet that I'd literally had for two days. That I'd lost. I had lost two on- hours into the event, like heading that way. The worst part was I lost my wallet on Thanksgiving doing like a four mile turkey trot race at like six in the morning on Thanksgiving Day. Somehow it was like a downpour the whole day. So it was like lost my wallet, got one the next day, left, lost it the next day. <laughs> Got a new one today. We're back in real life today, so <laughs> I don't know. It was it was odd, but you know. Oh, it was bad. Thank God he had his passport, and it was locked in my console. Yeah, everything always works out. Go <laughs> I have to go old school and get like a chain wallet. <laughs> yeah, something. Something. From the nineties. Trying the uh, phone. I'm trying the phone wallet next. That was my Amazon order today. So. There you go. We'll see how that goes. I don't lose my phone typically as much, so well, be a were you like freaking out going to? I mean, you have your passport, which is better than an ID in most situations. But were you like, I don't know, I'd still be kind of nervous about going into another country without like any other form of identification or or any money, right? That too. I didn't have any money. No, I had Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was covered on cash. But I even had problems getting over the border because we were all told like horror stories of getting because we had to go in 60 miles into the border. So we were told that like fish finders, motors, batteries, anything of any value, we had to have all these documentation for. And we scrambled that last minute. 
And even with my truck, I have a 2018 uh, Chevy half ton. My registration said it was 8,000 pounds. They would not let my vehicle into the border past 30 miles. So we had to pull all of mine and Cody's equipment from my truck to our guide's truck. My truck got left in Reynosa for three days. And the <laughs> sketchiest neighborhood ever, I just dumped it off. It was like, it was either we go fish or we go home. So we we took the gamble and left my truck in Reynosa. Yep. And threw all our stuff into another guy. Well, pretty much everybody's. Cody's was split between Russ's, Eric's, and uh, Chewy's. I had like, what? I was, I, all my things were in three to four vehicles. Of any yeah. Vehicle. Mine why, was in two. Why, why would your truck was too heavy? Well, my registration was wrong. And I have a, I had a 1500, just a half ton Chevy. And it said it was 8,000 pounds on the registration. And I guess that was wrong. I don't know. And I didn't have the sticker on my door frame that would. Show like, gross vehicle weight. Yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't let me across. The, I could make it 30 miles in. And that was it. So we just dumped everything over and made it work. Crazy. I looked at Cody. It was like, well, I was like, he's, he's like, what are you going to do? He's like, I'm leaving my truck here. He goes, are you sure? It's like, we're fishing. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm calling my insurance company. I'm opening the like, coverage on my truck. That's what insurance is for. Yeah. I'm getting I mean, a new vehicle out of this. I figured it was his decision. I was like, if you trust the guy, <laughs> that was the one thing I said. <laughs> no, Cody was not that excited about it. He's like, no, I don't know if we should do this. That dude's sketchy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> this, this like, that dude's sketchy. It's like, no, we don't need to do this. It's like, well, I mean, we're here. It's too late. We're 12 hours in. So let's just leave it. Who was sketchy? The guy? Everything about it. <laughs> like, when you go into Reynosa, I mean, your your vehicles are just surrounded by people. Like, it's it's another world. It's kind of Yeah, strange. it was definitely interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, should have like vlogged all of this. Should know because we lost Eric, we lost Stu. So Eric Siddiqui's running around Reno, so we don't know where he's at. He got lost. Uh, Josh Stewart got lost for like forty-five minutes because we're trying <laughs> to roll like eight vehicles deep through the middle of Reno, and that is and our guide was doing eighty-five miles an hour the whole time. So on some bad roads, huh? Spread out all over Reno. I feel like it Stewart was... sticks out though. I feel like he'd be easy to find. <laughs> it definitely did. We're standing there, we're like in like segregated spots, just waiting. It's like, okay, let's find everybody. Make sure let's get them here and then we'll get down there. So it was pretty hectic the first few hours. I'll give it that. So what? What's the name of the lake? Um, El Chio, I think. Yeah. I don't know. El El Cachio. El like Cachio. Yeah. So it's it's the one I had up there. Yeah, it was. It's an hour and a half uh, southeast of uh, Monterey. Phenomenal lake. 
It really is. There you go. That's it. That's the monster. Yep. There was a 15-pounder caught the last day we were there. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's good. There was only one launch we could use, and uh, everything was an hour away. Yep. So any spot you wanted to fish was, for the most part, an hour away. Like, it was we'll give and they had dropped the lake 20% in the last two weeks. Yep. So it, give us the uh, lay down of like what kind of lake it is. Like, and it was it was like your typical like almost it was I guess it was almost it was, all falcon yeah, sugar falcon. Um, wasn't any grass. It was you were pretty much either catching fish on steep banks where they were kind of up shallow or they, they were suspended off some offshore stuff. And yep. day, sometimes they would get up on some shallow spots and feed offshore. But for the most part, they were pulled off, kind of suspended off of stuff. I think because the water was dropping so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, it was like an amazing bite. I mean, I think everyone kind of got, you know, one good one, you know, but wasn't wasn't great. How much time did y'all have to uh, practice? Did y'all like, have a couple of days? Five hours. Oh. <laughs> we just kind of ran as much as we could and just kind of went from there. Yeah, it was uh, a scramble. Yep. So uh, how many teams was it? Just the two? No, we had three teams of three people. Oh, okay. So we had uh, on the number one team, we had Guillermo, Christine, and Matt Scotch. Then we had Cody, Josh Stewart, and uh, Russ. Russ was on the second team. Then me, Mike, Elsie, and Eric Siddiqui were on team three. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it, it was a solid setup. I picked out the teams the day before we left. I figured out from, I mean, I fished with everybody for years. That was the best, like, personality, and everybody fishes the same. I figured it was the best way to set it up. And what um, what, what other countries were there? Me- just Mexico? Mexico or Costa Rica? Costa Rica, okay. Wow. I thought it was just Mexico, huh? Canada ended up backing out. Uh, Venezuela and a couple other ones backed out. It, you, it didn't get you the turnout. Can't trust Canadians. Well, it gotten canceled six times. Like the the first 2018, I want to say eleven or twelve countries. There were there were it was it was a lot different. Um, oh, in Tennessee, know, it was fifteen. A lot easier. Fifteen. Yeah, it yeah, was. It was, it was different. It was it was a lot lot different, a lot more people, um, lot way more countries. Um, yeah, but I mean, it's a lot easier to travel to the United States too. I assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, it is. <laughs> you just walk across the border. <laughs> so is it a, a one day tournament, multi day? Two day. Two day. Two day. We would. Uh, it was weird. Because, I mean, most of us are used to launching at least 30 minutes prior to first cast. But with this one, it was 7 o'clock on the water and first cast. So we were scrambling. So we lost time right off the bat. 
It was only one launch, you said, right? That's yeah. it. So how, how far was everybody going? I don't At think. least most yeah. of the mile. Yeah, in several miles. I think yeah. on, Josh and I think Josh and Guillermo probably stayed the closest and you know did the best. So they really did. We could have hung by the ramp. I would have felt a lot better about that. Yeah. So, did y'all take y'all's boats, or was it kind of like the when they do uh, worlds and the boats are already there? We there you. I'm pretty sure. I thought they had Jackson's. Like the year, the year prior, you know, they had. If you if you didn't have a kayak, you know, Jackson provided boats for people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we all took our own this year. We did. Yeah. Did uh the other countries? They pretty like. I don't want to say up to par like ours is standard, but like everybody kind of running the same style setups and stuff like that. You know, Hobie's Jackson's electronics. You know, live scope or are they doing it a little different. I don't, I don't know if any of them had live scope. Um, no, none of them did. Yeah, I want to say, uh, I want to say really honestly, I, I really think only a few of them had graphs. Mo there was one Hobie, um, two guys paddling. Mo most of them had, uh, what was that pedal drive they were using? Um, I don't think it was the Jackson. Maybe there were some Titans. There was, I mean, it was kind of a mixed bag as far as kayaks. But no. Yeah, Alex had a Hobie. There was a Ronaldo had a native. Mm -hmm. And then I think for the most part, everybody was uh, paddle, paddle driven. And there wasn't a whole lot of electronics. So. Coming from our side of it, I mean, at the end of it, I mean, we kind of felt bad because we did. I mean, compared to what the majority of the other anglers came in, we had, I mean, we looked like Bass Pro Shop rolling around out there. Right. But I'll tell you what, there was one girl that the, the, the angler that Christine gave her boat to, her last time. I don't know if his last name or first name is Jamie. That's all I remember. Super nice lady. She was a stick, and she paddled and without any electronics, and she came in fourth. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Love it. Oh, she was a hammer. And Christine gave her the, her boat? Yeah. Yep. Heck, yeah, that's a nice gesture. Uh, Christine gave her the boat, her 10-inch Garmin, her live scope, and then I hooked her up with the uh, Dakota batteries to get her lined out. And amazing angler. She's going to use it to beat y'all next time you come down there. Oh, I guarantee she will. <laughs> awesome. She couldn't see any, any graph. She just guessed it. And she had an eight-pounder the first day, was it, Cody? She did. Yeah, it was like, what, a 23? Something like that. And then she had a, a five or a six the second day. Yep. The only thing that hurt her, she only had two fish on the second day. And she still ended up in fourth. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Uh, oh, she was solid. But if you got an extra live scope hanging around Christine Holler, I mean. Uh, I yeah. mean, I don't have right? to take it from Christine, you know, any, any of that crew, you know. I'm wanting one. I'm poor. Yeah, it was it was an amazing trip. Getting we went down. I mean, at the last day, we I mean, after Christine gave her boat over, we gave the batteries. We were giving baits out to 
young anglers from the area. We were giving rods out. Siddiqui was giving rods out. Uh, it was a, I mean, I guess the easiest way to put it, I guess we're kind of spoiled at what we do up here and what we're able to get our hands on. So to be able to return, like give people down there, I mean, stuff that they've never seen. I gave a kid two brand new jackhammers and he didn't even know what they were. <laughs> but I wish I did. his yeah, Instagram is solid. Body frogs were like, because there's some lakes down south that have a bunch of grass. And I think Matthew gave the guy like six frogs because they didn't have any down there, but like they knew that it was, you know, like a super good pattern down yeah. there. They didn't even know what rod to throw it on or what line to throw it on. So we hooked them up. I see a huge window to get some like real sponsorship into this and like help get these folks some gear, you know, like, I don't know. I think it'd look good on some of the brands to sponsor it anyway. You know, it would, I mean, the response that we received and Cody will admit this. I mean, we walked into it, not knowing anybody, but by the time the three days was over that we spent with these anglers from all over Mexico, Costa Rica, I mean, we were family. I mean, we were, we could barely speak the same language. We had Guillermo that was translating. We had another guy that was translating. And then we had uh, one guy that was kind of part-time, but we made it work. And it, it was so strange to not speak any English, but fishing. You could tell them how to throw a bait. You could tell them how to, what line to use. Uh, what size rod to use, what action rod to use. It was pretty amazing. And you didn't have to really say anything. Well, and in all the conversations that weren't about fishing, as long as there's tequila involved, it all makes sense to each party anyway. <laughs> That's like, I, I'm probably more interested in that. How was the food and the tequila? Holy <laughs> Jesus. Cody, how was the tequila? The, the food, the tequila, there was tequila. There was there was a lot of tacos. There was a lot of tacos at all three meals, really. Tacos and uh, tamales. It wasn't until the third day that we had anything other than tacos, actually. No. <laughs> no tamales, but tequila and tacos is definitely the the number one thing. And I I've always enjoyed it the times I've been down there. The food always seems real fresh. It was, yeah. And Cody doesn't drink tequila. Not really. He does not drink it, but he drank it on this one. I tried it. I tried it. Yeah, oh, you lie. That's probably like my it. favorite. Yeah. Yeah. We had bottles under our beds. <laughs> but we were responsible. Trip. We were in, asleep by like 930 for the most part. Every, at least me and Cody were. Uh, we slept next to each other. We were in the same room with Matt Scott. So, we partied early, got to bed early, and then woke up early, and we were good. <laughs> Sounds like like the old responsible men of the trip, and the other yes. the other six are out living it up, probably. <laughs> no, there was two. Yeah, <laughs> for the most part, seven <laughs> of us were on the same scale. 
that there was two that were not, but I will not name any. You don't names. have to. I could probably tell you. All right. <laughs> well, you got to tell us the two then. Nah, don't blast them like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. People will know. But it's just how it is. And that's what I tried to explain to a couple of people. I mean, I've traveled with Cody and Christine and Guillermo and everybody for years. And uh, it's it's funny over everything. It's like nobody's ever changed. It's like this is just how it is. So you know what you, you're going into before it starts. So... That's kind of how our uh, annual paddle and fin get together is on Del Hollow. We already know who's yeah. going to act the fool, who's not getting up and going out in the morning, who's chugging a bottle of Jim Beam. Hats off, Milford. We miss you. No, we don't. <laughs> nah. <laughs> well, that's cool. That sounds like it was an awesome trip. Well, uh, kind of tell us about y'all's fishing days down there during the tournament since y'all only got, you know, like five hours of practice. Cody, if you uh, want to break down your your days, um, I went to the I went to the dam. I I prefished with Matthew the the five hours we got. Um, didn't really catch. I don't think I caught anything over like seventeen and a half inches, but caught a lot of fish off of an island and off both sides of it, like the kind of the side that didn't really run off very far, and also caught a lot off the really long. Um, sloping side that really ran out for like almost a quarter of a mile uh, and really caught them down just about the whole quarter of a mile. Um, but other than that, I think I only caught fish off like one other point that was way up near the dam. Um, we caught some on a Carolina rig, but no, for me, it was pretty much just a Carolina rig and a big bait, a square bill and a, a three quarter ounce spinner bait. Sweet. You throw a three quarter ounce spinner bait a lot, huh? I do, yeah. It's a it's a poor man's A rig when they don't allow you to throw an A rig. <laughs> yeah, we were not allowed to use an A rig. That was one of the first questions we had. Yeah, it, we would have we would have destroyed them with an Alabama rig. Yeah. I mean, those were suspended off, and they were actually stacked up good too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you poked them with an Alabama rig. Yeah, you I walked in saying what, what spinnerbait you use. I was throwing it. Yeah. I love. I don't have the three quarter. I throw a bunch of the one ounce ones, but I love that spinner bait. Pretty good one. Wait, wait, which one? I'm sorry. Accent lures. Is that like this? Is there a certain one like the the Slim Shady or River Special? Yeah, the River Special is it. <laughs> I'm the same way. Scotch is the same way. Yeah, there's a bunch of it. I mean, that's. I've I've only thrown really that spinner bait for the last three years. Wow. After I saw uh, Jacob Wheeler whack him one year with it, that's when I picked it up, yeah. and I love it. I, I need to get the three quarter because the I, I usually throw a small spinner bait or just a giant spinner bait. I've never really dabbled in the in between range. You know, I just like my whole mind's like I'll just you know speed up the one ounce if I have to. But uh, they're they're really good, Dan. If you hadn't checked them out, you should get a couple of them I, I have some of the the spring ding the colorado mm. indiana ones with the the mm. kicker blade but I, i've never that's the only one of the accents i've ever thrown and this is a great thing about an accent with brent you call the number and he'll answer and if you want special blades or special colors he'll make it and you'll have them in a week wow so, i've heard nothing but good stuff really about those good. guys yeah they're money 
They're uh, their buzz baits are pretty. Yeah, that's oh, it's only buzz bait if they're man. Yeah, I love their buzz baits. <laughs> you throw the finesse or the full size? Both. I uh, yeah, I have both in mine. I, I keep both. I, I would yeah. probably say probably eighty percent of the time the finesse gets it done though for some reason. But my finesse yep. ones are like all but worn out. I've sharp had to sharpen the hooks a few times, but I just think it's not really the size. I think that it's sound is just just right on them. Like yep. I've got some new ones and I don't even want to get them out of the box because I know they won't work and then I'll get mad. Like <laughs> they're just they haven't been beat off enough walls and trees and fish and well, those hooks do really sharpen really well. Yeah, they really do. I hate sharpening hooks. It's ne- like it's never normally for me. If the hook the hook dulls out, I just throw it away, buy a new one. And uh, Drew Gregory talked me into sharpening hooks. Oh yeah, we were talking about it, and mm-hmm. that one does sharpen up pretty but, quick. Oh, it only takes a second. What if if that's the only the river special is the only one that you throw? Do you throw different blade combinations like the or just willow? Oh yeah, no, I throw all different blades. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, most of the ones, yeah, a lot of the ones I throw. I'd say half the ones I throw aren't stock ones. Yeah, but this weekend, I mean, we were throwing. I mean, um, I mean, three different ones really. I mean, Cody went to the Double Willow Gold, uh, Chartreuse and White. Uh, me and Scotts were throwing. Uh, chartreuse and silver but we were throwing the the threadfin shad color it was white yellow with a little bit of brown in it it was also my favorite buzz bait but yeah, i mean then we i switched over to straight chartreuse and white but i never went to the double gold Cody's the only one who went to the go, double gold willow mm-hmm. and he did really well i mean he caught us Stud that second, yeah. I, I, I mean, I thought a spinnerbait, I've never have. I'm a little bit OCD with my tackle, like everything has, like, I have to know. Ex- I don't have anything in my box that I don't know exactly when I'll throw it, exactly when that color combination is exactly what I want to go to. I've just never been able to figure out a whole a system for spinnerbaits. I mean, I have some, it just always, like, you kind of know what you're doing, you know, muddy, you know, things like that. But I've never had, like, a exact science of how I, you know what I'm saying, for my, a system for my spinner baits. I've never been able to figure that out for a kayak unless you're going to carry, like, 30 spinner baits, you know. See, I'm kind of the same way. I only run, I'll run different sizes, but I basically only run two styles. They're either, uh, well, three, all gold, like Cody's throw all silver or one of each, but always willows. Colorado blades used to be big in my arsenal and I don't ever throw them anymore. I like, I've got some of them that have the small Colorado and the big willow of the, of the same brand, uh, but I don't ever use them anymore. And it's like, I only pull that one out for muddy water because mm-hmm. the Colorado blades that like, whatever that orange or red that they put on those, but I don't really have a system either. It's just like one of these will work. I always know it. Like they just always seem to work. Cody, explain it. <laughs> um, Classes in session. You got this. Explain the science. Um, I probably carry fifty to probably carry fifty spinner baits. I would say more times than. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, there you go. 
if, no, that's, how, that's how you have a system. You carry but them all. The biggest thing, too, is like also like a large one of the bigger bags I carry is actually just blades, too. Um, because it's really it probably only takes three or four minutes to make any spinner baits you want to make in all reality. Uh-huh. And more times than not, you know, you get somewhere and you don't actually have what you want to do, you're usually kind of spinning up your own spinner bait. Um, like Rayburn, I think I was throwing like homemade spinner baits the whole time this year, or at uh, Santee Cooper, just because it wasn't what we expected. The water had got so muddy, so we're like, you know, making like putting turtle blades on them, you know, things like that. Um, but now, I mean, it, I guess the simplest way to put it is like, you know, generally speaking, any you know, the willows are the flattest. They're you know, they got the least amount of drag. They're generally known as a numbers spinnerbait any double willow spinnerbait is thought of as like a numbers thing anything with more drag is thought of as like a bigger fish spinnerbait like a single colorado spinnerbait in reality should catch the biggest fish it's like puts off the most thump moves the most water um but i mean that's kind of like that's going back a ways too i mean that's kind of like some rick clun stuff from the 80s really um i mean double colorado spinnerbaits people don't really throw them anymore but they they really are they really are pretty remarkable. Um, turtle probably, blades. Yeah, turtle blades. It's, or, or Oklahoma blades. I mean, mm-hmm. there's different names for a lot of the same blades. Um, but, I mean, there's some they don't even make anymore, like a Han blade. Like, people don't even probably know what a Han blade is anymore. I don't, I don't know what that one is. I knew the other one. Yeah, and it's, it's pretty much like a flattened Colorado with a flattened willow that's welded together and it's a straight blade it's like unbelievable for small mouth up north um but no i mean the spinner yeah spinner baits are crazy they uh, i throw i mean i throw them all like just equally like and i probably if i'm throwing a spinner bait i'm probably changing spinner baits you know three to four times every 30 minutes you know just yeah, and Cody has cost me more money in baits over the last three years since I've known than any other angler in the like series right now. Because he's taught me a lot, especially on spinner baits. Jesus, you, I've tripled what I usually carry. You have a lot of spinner baits. It's my favorite lure. <laughs> I'd love to know how much like your gear loadout weighs when you go out on the water. Cody's, yeah, about 15 bucks. <laughs> he doesn't carry a whole lot, really. Really, so you, you keep them with you, but not on you. Usually, like, okay. I thought you meant you're taking 50 out with so, you. No, I probably only take I take probably 20 with me. Um, I kind of like three, I have like three stages of storage. There's like a there's like a storage that like the, like my, when I go practicing, there's like, I have a certain, like absolutely everything. And then there's like, if there, if it's a better blade bite than expected, I'll have like, it's to the certain, and also like the bulk pack of in the van. So I have like three stages of tackle kind of that I'll go through. That's um, pretty cool. Man has yeah. a system. I like it. Did, didn't you say like, uh, like, I think one of you won, kbf angler of the year in like 2018 you said that your number one bait was a spoon right butter spoon wow, yeah. so so do you only throw stuff that's has metal do you do you have any <laughs> plastics at all no not really i have no, he really does <laughs> really yeah I he doesn't um, no. other than flipping that's that's pretty much it i'll throw a swimming worm some 
Um, and that's about it. Swim more. Something I took from Cody the first time we talked. Big spoons. Yeah. Well, that was when uh, like everybody was throwing like in the basketball world was throwing. That was I think that was the year of Zaldane. Uh, it was it was pre. I think that yeah it was was it yeah. Um, I remember a year that Zaldane like didn't like, figure it out to like the last 10 minutes of the tournament and then was just bombing it off the back of the boat and just busting them. Yeah. In 2008, I first started throwing it in 2008 on Lake Fork. Um, if y'all remember ultimate match fishing, that was yeah. the, that Kelly Jordan caught all those fish out in front of big Sandy. Um, and it he brought that from Lake Fork. They make it right in front of little Mustang. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, yeah, that spoon, it's actually, kind of, there's a few spoons that were kind of made at the same time. That sexy spoon was actually being designed in Arkansas at the same time on a lake that I quite a bit. Um, but yeah, no, it's a good lure. I've, I've only thrown like big flutters like one time. I have tons of confidence in the old school, like little like war eagle yeah. ones. I love those things. Um, and they're great to throw at people that get too close, man. It's nice and heavy. But uh, you talking about Dan, about him only throwing, you know, like like metal. I'll never forget, like, most folks, when they talk about spawn fishing and fishing beds, guys are flipping plastics. And I'll never forget the first time I talked to Cody on the podcast. He was talking about he'd find one bed down, and you just kept burning buzz baits over it, just over and over and over again. I went out and tried that. For um, sure it worked. And I was like, I would have literally never have thought of that. Oh, no, that's my go-to. <laughs> It's money. Like, it really is. That is definitely where it's at. Now, and now I want to, I really, I'm really even more curious about this. Like, what other, if you're not throwing plastics, what are, what other baits are you throwing, man? Um, I mean, usually I'll get it done with one of the four things, like a spinner bait, um, a flipping jig, or a buzz bait. That's pretty much, that's your, all your water columns. You know, for the well, most for the part, part jerkbaits every now and then. Like, I, mean, I think jerkbait to a lot of this year, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, I, I'm sorry, you kind of broke up with one of them. It was. No, so, I mean, I, it's, I just like, as long as you can cover all, you have three water columns, like, mm-hmm. usually throw a buzzbait or a frog or a, a spinnerbait or a jerkbait and mainly a flipping jig or a biffle bug. Um, which is like the fastest modern presentation you could throw. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's a Ned bite, Cody's not going to catch it. <laughs> one, I think the Biffle bug is one bait that a lot of people should really look at. Cody got me into it a few years ago, and it produces fish. It really does. All right. So, what bait are you actually throwing a Biffle bug, or are you throwing worms, or? No, Biffle Bug. Yeah. Well, I'm mean, actual Biffle Bug. Yeah. I actually, this is the first year I've kind of started throwing a different one a little bit, but I've started, I made my own hard head the last two years. I started to throw it on a straight shank instead of on an extra wide gap, and it's been tremendously different. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's the I, I saw a video the other day with on Matt, Matt Stefan on YouTube. Where he ta- he makes his own and he puts a couple of split rings in between them, in between the head and the hook because he said it they get less leverage because it it, it can move more and did his he- hookup ratio went up with that. Did he have a straight shank? A what? Straight shank. Did he-, did he have a straight 
Hank Cook on it? No, I, I think they were still EWGs, but, you know. Nah, straight Shank will have better. Who, who knows if that's what he's really putting on there, you know. Yeah. True, true. No, I mean, it was – I've thrown a biffle bug or a hard head, whatever, you know, which a swing head, rugby head, like about as much as a lot of people I know. And you lose a lot of fit things come mm-hmm. up, hard head. And yep. I've lost very fish in the last two and a half years on a swing head. Yeah, I've almost completely got away from uh, wide gap everything. I just, yeah. if there's a way I can throw it with a straight shank, that's what I want. I just, I've, I used to look like probably the only thing I still throw on a wide gap is a fluke. And I don't know why. I think it's just that little bit of extra weight on that. But that's I, the only thing. I like a super, I usually a super line, uh, just a round bend on a fluke. Well, you kind of, it kind of gets the weight, but you kind of keep a little more of that. Let me try that. See no, Yamagatsu three out, perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I've been throwing a uh, la- all, pretty much all last year. I got into the uh, the big bite BFE, and on a, a four out EWG ring took the one that um, Seth Fighter uses. Man, I I really do really really well with that. Sounds, but you know, sweet. I hadn't looked into that one. I need to check it out. That 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 combo, the BFE and the four aught EWG ring hook, that that combo is like peanut butter and jelly. I'll that write that down. Yeah, I've never, I've seen EWG for years, but me and Dwayne Taft went out on Cato one day, and we were throwing the same bait. For four hours, I had probably twenty fish in the boat. And after four hours, he comes up to me. And he goes, "We're throwing the same bait, same setup, same everything." He goes, "What are you doing different?" Because he kept missing fish. And uh, he brought up the bait. I was like, "Wait!" I was like, "What hook are you throwing?" He's like, "EWG four out." I was like, "Whoa, that's your problem right there." I was throwing straight shank. He switched over from the EWG to a straight shank, and we were throwing a, a Lake Fork ring fry. And it's a smaller chunk bait. I mean, and he didn't miss a fish after he changed hooks. Yeah. Once he changed hooks, he didn't miss another one. The straight EWG, shank's where it's at. It's I, still, I got it, away from it a couple years ago. Yeah. The thing, though, it's like extra wide gaps and things. They're still, like, great for kids and People like catch yeah. fish, thoroughly set the hook on an extra wide gap, but you'll never catch a fish if you don't set the hook on a straight shank. That makes yeah. sense. Right. Very good advice there because it's very, very true. And it's something that probably gets overlooked. Well, uh, Jamie, tell us about your uh, your fishing day out there in Mississippi. Uh, well, me and Mike Elsie, we teamed up. I think pretty much all of us kind of teamed up. Uh, Cody was fishing with Scotch. I was fishing with Elsie. So, uh, pre fishing, we went opposite directions. We went to fish the ledge uh, off about a mile and a half out, and it was stacked. And we found great fish the first day pre fishing. We left them alone after caught a couple. Uh, we played around with it. And then uh, it was weird. First day we went out, and our bike died. So we ended up, I mean, with the big team event we had going on, we called Cody and Scotch. It was like, hey, 
we've got, I mean, our bite is not here. The fish are not on the ledge. The water's dropping. I don't, we couldn't figure out what was going on. So we ended up trucking a mile and a half over to where they were at. They rolled off of their ledge. I mean, it, it was a pump in the honestly in the middle of the lake. Yeah. And uh, pulled their lemon out randomly. And uh, it was, it was tough. And from square bills, crankbaits, uh, we were throwing some Texas rig, but I got all mine on deep diving crankbaits. Uh, was it shoot 10 XD? I got one off of Spro, uh, double D's. I mean, we were catching off of pretty much everything. And then day three rolls around and it changes again. Is the bite that we had off that hump in the middle of the lake. I mean, Cody caught a five and a half, what? That last day. Yeah, the last day you got one. I mean, shoot, you didn't make it halfway around that hump. Mm -hmm. And he got a good one, but the numbers weren't there. They disappeared. So, me and Mike Elsie, we stayed there. We ground. I had two. Elsie had one. Cody, you rolled out with a limit at what, nine? Yeah, pretty quick. Uh, and Scott had one. And then we ended up rolling out to an island. So I went from 20 foot. I got one on 20 foot. I got one on four to five foot. And then I got one in two foot <laughs> to round out my limit. So it was all over the board. We were scrambling trying to figure out how to just scrounge up a limit. Mike Elsie, he had uh, 14 where we were on the little hump. We went to two foot of water. He got a 23 and a half, eight pounder. And then he didn't have a limit. He went by the boat ramp where there was another hump and got a, a 12 with 10 minutes to go. Yeah, maybe left. Yeah, yeah it's not left. <laughs> so <laughs> we were literally all over the place just trying to get a limit. And we got phone calls from Christine. Her bite died. I mean, we were trying to figure out something. Holy yeah, cow. My, I took that picture. Jesus. That was massive. Yeah. Hmm. That makes that trip worth it. So... It Jeez, that's a good one. The tournament would have probably been a lot different, but since we were all on pedal drive, I mean, we were scrambling. Just trying to figure out where they were staged. Because the bites that we had over the, the previous days on day three were gone. But, I mean, for the most part, we made it work. I got limit both days. Cody got limits both days. Elsie got limit both days. I mean, we, as a team, we came together. And that was, I guess, what, it, for the most part, was what it was all about. Well, that's Where awesome. Where were at? Was that, like, a, a decent place, or was it? Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> It was a resort. Yeah, okay. I mean, what Cody? The be, I guess the best way for us to explain it. I mean, we were in Mexico. We were 
there for fishing only. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, we were safe. I mean, there was drag races outside the, of our little compound every night. I mean, there was some crazy stuff going on. We, we didn't have to leave except we went tacos at like 4 o'clock every day. And it was like the best tacos ever. But, I mean, if you would have looked at it from U.S. standards, no one would have ever eaten there. But it was the best food ever. I mean, that's the kind of places I look for. That's where the food is oh, always better. Nominal. That's so, cool. It was uh, the overall experience. I can't wait to go back. Do you know where they're going to have it next year? Tennessee in June. Well, okay. we got the Worlds in Tennessee in June. Then it'll go to back to Portugal. And after that, I'm not sure. It may go back to Mexico. That's cool. I wish more countries would have come. As I know there was a I guess a lot of people were saying that there were some countries that were scared to go, which, I mean, even coming from the U.S., it's kind of, I mean, from our standpoint, it can be kind of sketchy from what we think. I mean, we see, we hear cartels, we hear all kinds of stuff. And we were all kind of scared going over the border as well. But once we got there and we met everybody, it was good. We had a great experience. I would love to go back. I think me and Cody are already trying to talk and uh, a couple of people into going back for the buzzbait bite in March. Uh, I do want to go. Yeah, I want to go too. Man, y'all need to get in touch with like a, a Japanese team. I think it'd be awesome to have a Japanese because, I mean, they, they have some of the best lure makers over there for reasons. I'd love to see America, Mexico, and Japan all smack down on one body of water. That'd be interesting. I don't I even know if kayak fishing is big over there, though. I mean, I know fishing is. I'm sure kayak fishing is, but I haven't ever like really seen any of it over there. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty big. I don't think they can use outboards, can they? No, they can't. Mm. Yeah, not in most places. I think it's pretty. I know bank fishing's like huge, huge there. Mm-hmm. What is bank fishing? Bank. Yeah, they fish for those monster carp too. Well, that's, that, that's awesome. So, like, anything to conclude on on that? You know, great trips, slightly sketchy. Cody had a, you know, story like normal. He uh, didn't fall off cliff this time. His eyes are not black. He's doing good. <laughs> that's so funny you say that because we were like, okay, what's going to happen to Cody on this trip? <laughs> going into it. <laughs> we all know. We've traveled with him enough. It's like, okay. I'm driving, so he's not going to get stuck in the van. And it's like, okay, he's not going to go off a cliff. So we're trying to go down the list of what he can't ha- like have happen. Y'all are going to have to make a checklist for him. Like, Yes, but it's Cody. That's just a trip. This doesn't bother me like it bothers a lot of people, I don't think. Oh, no, you just got to roll with it. Dude. No, I don't think it bothers anybody anymore. It's just comical. You, you never know what's going to happen. Keep it loose. Keep it loose. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, going into it, I mean, we were all kind of questionable what happened, what was going to happen. But once it came down to it, the the camaraderie that we had once we got there with the other teams and with, 
the way that we all interacted with each other with the very limited speech that we did have was pretty amazing. And we had a blast. I mean, everybody was super cool. We were trading jerseys, trading hats, doing autographs. I mean, everybody became equal over a weekend fishing the same water. That's and awesome. oh, Christine was a rock star, but the rest of us, we were like just normal people. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, it was good. Anything else you want to talk about about it? I, I think we've hit all the fun stuff. I mean, we know that y'all came away with it. Um, anything else? If we would have caught one more fish. If Siddiqui would have caught a fish, we would have had the bronze for Team Three on the <laughs> just cause the clean sweep, clean sweep it. <laughs> yeah, I had to throw it in there. I've been harassing Siddiqui for <laughs> everybody got back okay, huh? Yeah, every, yeah. <laughs> it it was a, an adventure. We left what time yesterday, Cody? Uh, Nine o'clock or so. I think it was like eight thirty when we actually left the resort, and then we got home at midnight last night. Yeah, not too bad. Wow. Now we, me and Cody got stopped by Bucky's, get beef jerky. We we had we had a we had a good time. And the the, the truck was all right. Had time. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Wasn't missing the wheels and tires. No, <laughs> no, everything line. was intact. Hell yeah. Good trip. Cool. Well, we appreciate y'all coming on. I was hoping y'all could make it. I didn't know if y'all were stuck in Mexico or, you know, spending an extra week down there hitting some of the other lakes. Or, But uh, we appreciate y'all uh, coming on to talk about it and kind of, I mean, let everybody else know about it. Because I know that, and again, we've already touched on, I think, with all the times it's been canceled and delayed, a lot of folks just knew nothing about it. Because I thought I remembered one before. I yeah. just, yeah. you know, didn't even hear about this one coming until when I was texting you, Cody, and you were like, hey, I'm leaving for Mexico tomorrow. Can we just talk next week? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a crazy trip because I think majority of the people were already set into it, but I got brought into it like a month before uh, Scotch was three days and then Mike Elsie was five days. Prior to the event, I definitely wish I could just like get a phone call and be like, "Yeah, no, I'll be there. I only need three days. I'll be in Mexico Seal." <laughs> oh, I called my bosses immediately. It was like, "I'm sorry, I'm going to Mexico December first through the fifth. Uh, y'all good?" They're like, "Yep, okay, you're good. Thank you." I wasn't even asking. It's like it wasn't it wasn't an option. Non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> thanks for giving me the heads up. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Congrats again, guys. I'm glad it was a memorable trip. Glad everybody got back safe and glad y'all represented the American kayak fishing world very well. And uh, I guess uh, does that kind of close everybody's year out for the most part? Yes, I think we're, I don't think we have anything till uh, with the 10 and 10 invitational in Kissimmee in a while, yeah, right? January. Yeah. No, Cody, we're fishing some uh, big boat stuff here. Oh yeah, I might do some report big bass, some big yeah. bass. 
We're fishing some big boat stuff here. Sweet. Man, I didn't know. I'm kind of curious about this Pickwick tournament. If you want to, mm-hmm. a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just. Uh... I run the the Alabama Bass Nation stuff like Sebo yeah. does for Tennessee, and uh, we have we don't do a series. Uh, I run the whole thing by myself right now, and I got with Steve and asked him like what the deadline was, and he said January thirty first. And with all of our clubs, and Alabama's a little different. Like you got a lot of old school kayak angling going on, and a lot of guys don't really like the Bassmaster thing, don't want another tournament series going on. So I skipped the series this year and figured since the whole season's kind of dead in our state, none of the clubs are doing do anything after like state in October. Um, so we're just going to do the – it's a, a one-day one event, uh, last chance qualifier for the, class, the Bassmaster Classic or Kayak Championship, whatever the hell they call it, on Chick. Uh, December 17th, Pickwick. Pickwick. Nobody, you don't have to be from Alabama to fish it. Um, if you've paid your Bass Nation fees in another state, you just message me, um, you know, show me the proof of that or tell me who that tournament director was so I can confirm it with them. It's 50 bucks if you already are a nation member, it's 80 bucks if you're not. And uh, we'll be using Bassmaster rules. Um, that way everybody can just kind of have an idea of what those rule sets are going into that championship. But yeah, if you hadn't made the qualifying, come on down. Uh, how, you can find uh, it on Tourney X. how many are y'all qualifying? Uh, it's 10%, no fewer than five. Um, like Dan said, there's like three people registered now, but I've been talking to tons of people, everybody asking questions and details and, probably half the field is already a bass nation member that missed out so i'll probably be adding a lot of people in manually um so but i mean if the field stays small it's a better even better chance to get get qualified so yeah when uh when do you have to sign up by i'm leaving it open till the night before i usually put everybody on the like i'll put everybody on tourney x that day i usually don't do the, the bass master roster till after uh just because again with our state we don't get the participation with it like i mean like it's it's huge in tennessee and huge in georgia now and i think a lot of that is because steve is the man but uh i think this one will do a little better and maybe going in the future because just since they announced steve as the head guy i've had tons of people actually showing interest now so i think everyone's excited yeah i was like the the kayak fishing as a whole stands behind you and he's like i don't even know what to say to that and i was like i don't yeah. think you have to say anything it's just the truth I'm like <laughs> well I may, I may see you down there we'll see yeah i'll mm-hmm. go yeah. i'm gonna this take you and your spinnerbait on all right oh he'll throw it down there guaranteed oh yeah well, it's it's gonna be random bring them willow blades yeah well, all right, guys, well, we won't keep you any longer. We appreciate it. And, Cody, uh, hopefully we see you out there. And, Jamie, thanks again. And uh, y'all have no a good problem. night, and we'll holler at y'all later. Thanks, Thank y'all. Thanks, guys. Peace. Awesome. It makes me want to go to Mexico and fish, which I already wanted to. I used to watch all the uh, – the I don't remember what theirs is called, but the boats, that the boat tournaments that do the, like, Pan Am-style event. Mm-hmm. I've watched that a couple of times, and they go down and, like – I think it's like January or February and they like spawn fish on some of those lakes. And it's like, everybody catches like an eight plus. Uh, I'd love to get down there, but there's that whole sketchy factor. Like it made me, that show just made me want to buy a whole bunch of spinner baits. So.
The man doesn't throw plastic. I'm, I'm like, I'm really just. I knew he few, few. I didn't know it was that few. Like, I didn't realize he was that set on like, I can use six baits, cover three columns, and I don't need anything else. That's insane. Yeah. Sorry, I, I broke up there, but that messed me up. Yeah. It makes me look at all the tackle, all that tackle, all that tackle, and like, what are you doing, Jimmy? You don't know what the hell you're doing. I need to put that aside. I saw a post that came up today, and it was a guy that has a sticker on his steering wheel. And it says, don't buy any for, more uh, fishing lures. If you can't catch them with the ones you have, you suck. <laughs> I need that, yeah. like, all over my house, on my keyboard. But I, I'm doing good. I hadn't bought I tried to make a list the other day. There's stuff I want, but not – I don't need anything. Like, there's some – I want to learn how to throw mag drafts. Um, never thrown them before. Yeah. I'm not a big swim bait guy, but – and it's not just Russ, man. A lot of my Tennessee guys go out there and whether they're throwing mag drafts or bull shads or whatever, man. I, I got to get into that game. Yeah, I, I bought uh, like swim baits and more spinner baits this year and chatter baits. Or, I, you know, I've never been a big chatter bait guy. Uh, I, I love I'll chatter throw baits. A spinner bait. I'll throw a spinner bait 10 to 1 to a chatter bait. But, uh, so yeah. Chatterbait's going to be my got to learn this year because I always throw chatterbaits around uh, like grass more often. Yeah, I've never like I'm not one that like in my head they're not interchangeable for how I fish. Yeah, me I too. just throw them in two completely separate scenarios. I maybe I should you know back before I knew chatter what chatterbaits were I used to throw spinnerbaits everywhere and you know they caught fish. I always kept it real simple, white white and chartreuse, solid white, or uh, black. I like black spinner baits with black blades. I like black buzz baits with black baits, blades. I don't know why. Black with gold blades on buzz baits are nice. But that's a that, that's a that's that's insane. I don't. I will never be good enough to only use like six baits and catch donkeys and cash jacks. That's just the sad truth of that. Well, you you asking for any fishing stuff for Christmas? Since this is our last show before Christmas, you got high hopes for any cool fishing stuff? Uh, a GoPro. Sweet. That's that's the big one. That that's time to get the GoPro going. I've got a crappy YouTube channel. I've been running. I put a bunch of videos up, but I, I just I don't have anything on the water, so it's you know. And I, I really want to be able to. <clears throat> Not sure if I broke up there, but I I just want to be able to look at the video myself and kind of see critique myself too. So GoPro, that's, that's, that's my what all one. my footage could, does. Yeah. Is it's like to, for me to go back and look on. Um, I highly recommend. A, I mean, I know they have the new GoPro ten. I highly recommend the nine. Like, I'm a firm believer in some of them. The older ones are good too. Like, uh, if you like look for used online. GoPro five blacks are still like $300 and it's because they are just beasts of, because I mean, they were 4k back then. Um, and you're never going to, I'll tell you this uh, and this for anybody listening, you don't always have to worry about recording in 4k because nine times out of 10, your computer can't handle the 4k upload anyway. Like just go high frame rates in 1080, or if you have a better computer, high frame rates in 1440. Um, but 
4k is cool for short clips and stuff but if you try to like record a video on it your computer is got to be nice or it's just i mean you're talking about six hour uploads plus for five minutes like i have a really nice computer and 4k and it do not communicate well and uh but yeah well that'd be cool i haven't actually asked for anything fishing this year i I, like my my mom normally gets or discs discs i haven't even asked for any of that like i'm switching back to like gun stuff a little bit i uh got rid of a kayak and scored a couple new new toys and went out and shot yesterday and you know 10 years ago that was my hobby and sadly i think it's i'm gonna go back that way i have a i have a a glock i want to sell and i want to get the new walter so i played i didn't shoot one but i played with it at my buddy's brother's the like head guy our the big gun store up here larry's and i got to play with that new walter and oh my god yeah, the the full science. The, yeah. what, what is it? The PDP or the, yeah, PDP Pro steel frame is the fancy fancy. It was like twenty four hundred dollars. Oh, right. but it was but that's like a tournament pistol, like the steel yeah. frame and all that. But it because I, I I have a Walther PPS. That's my uh, my EDC. You know, that's my concealed carry. Whenever I do, uh, now, if it's the M one with it, it doesn't have the regular mag release. It's the one on the trigger guard. I prefer that. That's Whenever cool. I have it concealed, yeah, I, I feel like I'm not, I mean, we're getting into gun talk here, but I'm not going to hit the mag release button. So that's, that's my carry pistol. And then, but I, I really love Walther I, and I have another compact. I think it's the, uh, I forget, whatever the small, I, dude, I've literally, I bought it and never used it. It's sitting in my house somewhere you can't find, but um, it's a, yeah, just a the Glock compact you know nine whatever it is glock 26 43 oh, 43 is? is a 40 oh, okay uh glock 26 is a nine mil so well that's what it is 26. that's that's what i just got and uh well, damn man i was I love, well i mean i didn't pay for it i i had zero money in the setup that i traded and i came out on top with couple of guns, a lot of ammo, optics. I've got a red dot for it. I got to go get the slide cut. But I've, I've been seeing all these like a uh, tactical like um you know, like a Henry tactical 410. I I think that'd be nice. I like I thought about 410 a lot for a long time for like my wife to have, you know, keep it in the house. I love own. a 410. Yeah. Uh a good good home defense gun um for a lady uh look into the circuit uh, the taurus circuit or is it taurus yeah the taurus circuit judge it's a well judge is like a hand cannon though right right well no the circuit judge is the gun basically in a wooden rifle stock and it's takes three and a half but with the same concept as the judge so you can shoot 410 45 long colt uh 45 acp buckshot birdshot slugs it'll do all of it and it's like I mean, think of your standard 410 shotgun length. It's that. I mean, it looks like it's a kid's gun. And it, I mean, it's small enough you can put it beside you in your truck. You can put it next to a door in a closet. Great gun. Uh, cool. Yeah. That one's actually that. And you're talking about the like tactical, uh, like lever action style stuff. Uh, a Henry X in 4570 with all that stuff. Yeah. That's, that's, that ain't happening. My wife's not going to spend that much money on me on Christmas, and I wouldn't let her. But yeah. high on my wish list. 
Well, uh, just a couple of tournaments real quick uh, before we get out of here for the year. Uh, Bluegrass, Bluegrass Kayak Anglers on Dale Hollow Lake, 47 anglers. First place, Thompson Berry with 91 and a quarter. Second place, Marcus Grubbs with 90 and a quarter. Third place, Adam Reiser with 89 inches. The Tennessee Bass Nation event on Del Hollow was also going on. There were three events, actually. Uh, that was the same results for the uh, Tennessee Bass Nation event. So that's the first Tennessee Bass Nation for the next year. Um, the Central Tennessee Kayak Anglers also had an event going on during that. It was a three-fish tournament. First place, Derek White with 56 and a quarter. Second place, Eric Miller with 54 and three quarters. And third place, again, Adam Reiser. So three third place on one lake for Adam this, this weekend. So congrats to him and congrats to all those guys. Uh, next up was the second annual Bassmaster Bass Nation Championship uh, for Louisiana and Caney Creek. 31 anglers, Brian Howell, first place, 89 inches. Second place, Clint Pippen with 85 and three quarters. And third place, Michael Cates with 72 and three quarters. Uh, next up was the SAKF. It's in Texas. I'm only assuming like South Austin kayak fishing, maybe. Or San Antonio kayak fishing. I have no idea. Uh, Choke Canyon, uh, 27 anglers. First place, Jeremiah Smith with 90 and a half. Second place, Rolando. Rolando Nandon with 84 and three quarters. Third place, Tyler Howell with 82 and three quarters. And only the top five caught limits. And then last but not least, the SoCal Kayak Anglers, Toys for Tots event, 66 anglers. First place, Russell Peltier with 41 and a quarter. Second place, Aiden Bayless with 40 and a quarter. Third place, Ryan Moriarty with 39 and three quarters. And that is our last tournament coverage for the year. And we are out of here, and I cannot remember the date that we will be back. I can't remember what we agreed on. I think the 6th. Yeah, 6th, 8th, something like that. Yeah, so we'll see you all uh, the first week of January, most likely. First full week of January. Uh, um, I don't know. We may have to come up with something uh, show-wise. I don't know if there will be any events going on yet, because the, <coughs> the 10 and those events don't happen until the end of that month, so. But yeah, thanks for hanging out with us this year. Thanks for supporting us and listening to the show and keeping up with all the paddle and fin shenanigans. We hope uh, we hope to see everybody come back and keep up with us after the New Year's and hope to see a bunch of folks down at Del Hollow in March, April, April, in April. Um, yeah, I, I thank everybody. It's been fun, fun year. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody once again, and we will see y'all next year. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, peace. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. 
your Midwest premier paddle sports destination, go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Mag.